0: Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today?
1: Morning, Jason. I'm, I'm really doing fine. Life is good. Uh, everybody's healthy. Uh, keeping our fingers crossed because you never know when uh, you know bad things strike, and uh, that's certainly true with COVID, but we've so far, we've avoided uh, problems, and we're we're healthy, and life is good. <laughs>
0: well, that's always a good feeling, and you know, I know you guys do a great job in your office here, making sure that everyone is uh, safe and making sure that you're doing your part. And you know, we can all feel a, a good about that when we walk in somewhere and everyone's taking the right precautions.
1: Yeah, one of the things with COVID that just sort of really messes with my mind is that you can have one person in your home who contracts COVID and they test positive, and you can have, and we know how contagious it is, and I suspect obviously people when they have symptoms try to quarantine themselves. But even so, it's hard for me to grasp how you can live in the same household and not, even with somebody trying to stay away and doing all that stuff, how you can actually... Have one person who's positive and sick, clearly sick, and other people in the household never contract the COVID, and then you can go out uh, and contract it just by touching the wrong thing, I guess, or breathing the wrong air. Uh, who knows? But it it seems so contagious. That's clear. But at the same time, you can still live in the same household and possibly not contract it. So, you know, it's a weird disease.
0: <laughs> it really is. There seems to be no rhyme or reason to certain things. But, you know, we can still all do our part to try and not spread it and not catch it. And uh, I guess that's really all, yeah, all we no really can about do. That. Yeah, no question about that. Well, Bill, let's get into the meat of the show here and... Learning lessons and acquiring <laughs> knowledge, uh, you know, maybe from the mistakes of others rather than ourselves is is always interesting. So, you know, we're going to be talking about how you can mess up your estate plan, and it's always good to know these things ahead of time.
1: No question, and there's, there's lots of ways you can mess up your estate plan, and that's assuming that you have a plan, of course, uh, but also you have to throw in there how— not only you can mess up your estate plan, but some of your trusted advisors can help you mess up your estate plan, If you, again, if you have a plan, okay? So, you know, I, I, it's funny, but I keep thinking about uh, an old song. It was it, I'm sure you've heard it, but uh, it, it's probably way before your time. But uh, it's an old song called 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover you You've heard that, haven't you? Well, that's I thought of that this morning because there's more than fifty ways to to leave your family with a mess. <laughs> so uh, that uh, is real important for folks to understand because it's not just about having the right legal documents in place. It's understanding how those documents work together with other things that you do so that your plan actually works. The whole point of having a plan is having a plan that works the way you expect it to work, You know, so that you can actually take care of yourself while you're alive, uh, have hopefully a disability plan in place so that your money is used to take care of you the way you expect to be taken care of, and then at your death, that you leave the property to your loved ones or to charity or whoever you want it to go to, but you you want it to go to them when you want it to go to them, how you want it to go to them, um, and, and the like, where you basically control how your inheritance is received. Um, and sometimes that's simple. Sometimes it's not so simple, but The fact is, is that it's better to have a plan than not to have a plan, (laughs) okay? And so uh, one of the things that I share with with folks, and it's this same theme, and that's why I wanted to take more time with it this morning, is that uh, with a a number of my um, educational webinars... I have a slide that I enjoy using that basically says often wills or and or trusts don't work. And of course, the reason it's important for me to say that is that's what I do. <laughs> you know, I create wills and I create trusts and other legal documents that help people create a plan uh, and to protect their property, hopefully, you know, because I, as you know, I really like asset protection for folks, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and so a lot of my plans incorporate that. So, uh, but, but the fact is, is that the fact that you have a will or have a trust does not mean you have a good plan, because <laughs> you can mess it up. You can have what you think is a good plan, and a, a, but that you can do so many things where your plan doesn't work the way you want it to or the way you expect it to work. And so I guess the first thing I should at least talk about is what if you don't have a plan? And what that basically means to me is that you don't have legal documents. You don't have a will. You don't have a trust. You haven't signed powers of attorney for finance or for health care. Uh, you, you don't have a digital release. You don't have a medical release. You're just hanging out, just hoping that nothing will ever go wrong and you you won't need anybody's help ever and that, uh, you know, it, it'll work out somehow, some way, <laughs> okay? Well, the fact is that, if you don't have some of those lifetime basic documents, the powers of attorney for financial uh, issues, that called the general durable power of attorney, the healthcare power of attorney, the medical release, the, um, the living will, or what we call in North Carolina the advanced directive for natural death, digital release, medical release, those, those documents. Well, if you don't have those, and your life goes in the wrong direction, you uh, can't manage your own affairs anymore, Uh, you can't sign documents uh, because you don't have the mental capacity to understand what you're doing. Well, when you don't have documents, then you've just created a nightmare for your family where a guardianship is going to be required. And that's where you have a petition to go to the court. Uh, it's more expensive. You have to file a, your family because you're incompetent. Your family has to file accountings with the court, um, you know, every year, annual accounts. Every penny that comes in for you, every penny that goes out for you has to be accounted for with the Clerk of Superior Court. Uh, And a judge basically controls what your family can do in order to help support you. And what makes it worse, if you think about it, is that if you're married uh, and you don't have legal documents and you become incompetent, most people have the majority, if not all, of their property after a, a period of years being married, held jointly. You know, they own their real estate, they have their bank accounts and things like that. And if you have a guardianship, oftentimes the court requires you to separate all of your property so that you, um, you know, have to divide things up. And then the court is going to limit how you use your spouse's income. And, you know, so oftentimes uh, as a spouse, we're dependent upon uh, the other spouse who may be incompetent. So I'm just saying to folks that having those documents, because planning to me is about life, which is more important than planning for death. I mean, death is important, how we want to leave our property to our children, what we can do to protect them, what we can do to protect our spouse and the like. But the fact is, is that, you know, for all of us, uh, our number one priority should be taking care of ourselves with a close thing taking care of our spouse. (laughs) Okay, that's rule number one. So if we don't have legal documents uh, and I'm not even talking about a will or trust. I'm talking about the powers of attorney and the releases and the uh, advanced directive uh, and the like. If we don't have that, then we're creating a huge mess for our families uh, and our, particularly our spouse. But even if we're single, then we're still leaving a mess for somebody to clean up. And, you know, one of our goals— should always be not leaving a mess for our spouse or families to have to clean up. I mean, just think of how your spouse might talk to you each day about not leaving a mess or cleaning up your mess, right? Don't we all get that? And it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, we all get it. (laughs) Okay, so... The fact is, is having the right legal documents in place where you select your agent, the person you trust, to take care of things for you in the event. And you have to give them complete authority to do that. That's the other mistake that so many seniors make. They have a simple financial power of attorney uh, that doesn't work to actually help take care of things. Uh, if you become incompetent and can't sign documents, which happens to numerous people. So that's one way you can create a mess is by not having documents at all, legal documents, or by not having the right legal documents, uh, particularly for seniors, but true for everybody.
0: Well, make sure you avoid that mess. If you don't have any legal documents, schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Go to wga WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, wga WGALaw.com. From there, you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Get that taken care of. Make sure you don't have a mess on your hands or make sure that you have your legal documents reviewed. If it's been quite a while or maybe you're not sure if uh, they execute exactly what you want or need them to do for your current lifestyle schedule an appointment to speak with Bill have them reviewed go to wga to do that or you can call the office 919-256-7000 919 256 or online at wga law.com and that's also where you can find information About bill's free webinars as well just click on the seminars button if you would like a free opportunity to learn more about long-term care assistance that may be available to you financial assistance whether it be through medicaid or va benefits go to wgalaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page a quick break and back with more don't go anywhere you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we will be right back You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget you can learn more about him by going to wga law.com, wga law.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and Bill we're talking about how you can mess up your estate plan and, you know, you, you promised us more than 50 ways. I don't think we're going to cover all those, but we'll let's get back to we're
1: it. We're trying to we're going to try to do as much as we can and And oftentimes, um, we mess up because we make assumptions that we know how things work when we don't, okay? In other words, our assumptions are incorrect. And uh, one assumption that is common is, okay, I don't have a will, but my spouse is going to get everything anyway, so why should I worry about having a will created. Well, the fact is, if you don't have a will, the state of North Carolina has a will for you. It's called intestacy or intestate succession. And of course, under intestate succession, your spouse does not get everything. If you have children, then the children under the law share in your estate. Uh, and there's a formula depending on how long you've been married and whether you have children by that spouse and and some things like that that the legislature think you know thinks is important as it relates to your marital rights. Uh, but the fact is that um, now you might have some beneficiaries. Uh, designations out there. Married folks oftentimes have a lot of their property owned joint with right of survivorship. And of course, any joint with right of survivorship or beneficiary designation is going to go to that person despite what your will or lack of a will might otherwise say. Um, Now, that can be good and that can be not so good and that that again this is a planning scenario one thing that a joint with right of survivorship doesn't have or a beneficiary doesn't have is a trust now you might say well i don't want a trust those are complicated and they're really not complicated but look at it this way if you have minor children Would you want there to be a trust where you appoint a guardian, you appoint a trustee to manage the property and make sure the kids get what they would have if you were still living? And then when they get to an age of maturity that you've determined, then they get more control or all of their property. Or maybe you give it to them in several different uh, shifts, if you will. Or, I mean... Of course, we would rather have a trust than just say, here it is, and then the court take care of it. That's an awful situation, quite frankly, with guardianship and accountings and all the other stuff that goes with it. That's expensive, and it's a pain, if you will. Now, the same thing is true on the other end. You know, we talk about people being sandwiched. What are they sandwiched? They're sandwiched between their young children and their older parents. Well, guess what? If you have a senior and uh, one dies and the surviving spouse is not in great shape, should they just inherit everything? Probably not. This is another time when a trust could be extremely helpful in the planning process so that you can get asset protection and good financial management through a trustee, and, which can be a family member, by the way. It doesn't have to be a bank or a corporate fiduciary, it can, but it, you know, normally it is a family member, and, uh, and that the uh, surviving spouse can actually be cared for in the way that they expect to be cared for, more money preserved, more money available to take care of your loved one. Well, to me, that kind of, uh, of situation uh, is a no-brainer. Or guess what? Do you think there might be a lot of families out there who are in a second marriage or a third marriage with children by previous marriage? Guess what? Here again, beneficiary designations are going to give that property to whomever. If it goes to your spouse, is there any legal protection for your children by previous marriage? No. So again, to the degree you're trying to actually do what you want, and you happen to die first in a second or third marriage, again, a trust is what you need, and where you can actually use a trust to protect your spouse and make sure that... that uh, the corpus or the principal that you've left ends up going to your children uh, in whatever way and at whatever time period that you think is appropriate. So the bottom line is is that beneficiary designations and joint with right of survivorship work, but they also, in, the, in many scenarios, work in a way that you would not want them to work. Okay, so now I've intimated the fact that many people make the wrong assumption about a will, okay? Oftentimes people think wrongly that I've got a will and everything I have will go by my will, okay? And that's where I have to say, mm, wrong. Why? Because Most of us, even if we have a will, we also have property with right of survivorship. We have beneficiary designations. Just think how—I mean, and of course, in most cases, that means we're married, but it also applies to people who are unmarried, but they have put a child on an account So that more often than not, they do that so that the uh, bills can be paid, the child can help pay the bills. But more often than not, the bankers set up those accounts where the child is not acting as an agent, but instead acting as a co-owner with rights of survivorship. Well, that type of account can screw up a plan. Why? Because you want it to be equally divided among your children let's say you have three children, but you have put one child on this account, and then that child is entitled to all of that money. And so it, that money doesn't get divided among the other two unless the child on their own shares it. But legally, they generally do not have to. Now, I've also seen those kind of situations that end up in court because the other children don't like it, And there is a theory by which they can make the other child's share, and that's where uh, they prove in court that you set up that account not uh, intending the child to receive that money, but instead set up the account as an accommodation to to you so your bills could be paid timely. Uh, But guess what? that's a lawsuit. (laughs) And lawsuits are expensive. And that's bad planning. You want a plan that doesn't result in a lawsuit and the expenses and and the frustration and the emotional tearing apart of your family. Because guess what? If the family's in a lawsuit, then they normally don't come back together as good buddies after that.
0: (laughs) That's something that Uh, Family dynamics plays a role in and we all have to account for that in our planning as well. So, you know, we've learned some more ways how you can mess up your estate plan. So make sure you don't take those steps. If you want to learn more about what you should do, schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Go to WGALaw.com and do that. Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or if you want to learn more about Bill's webinars, you can do that at WGALaw.com. As well. Just click on the seminars button at the top of the page. Bill's next set of webinars are happening on Wednesday, February 9th. If you want to learn more about the subjects of long term care assistance, financial assistance that may be available to you if you're dealing with a long term care crisis or know a loved one who is, Whether it's through Medicaid or VA benefits, this is a wonderful free opportunity for you to learn about some very complex information, but Bill makes it easy to digest. Go to WGALaw.com and register for that webinar or... If you want to learn more about what we're talking about today in terms of asset protection and trust planning, Bill's got a webinar on that as well happening in the afternoon on Wednesday, February 9th. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button to register for that one as well. Again, these are both free to attend, highly educational webinars that you can attend from the comfort of your own home. Just go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. Or if you want to call the office for more information, that phone number is 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. Jason Kong here with... Bill Alexander and Bill, we are talking about how you can mess up your estate plan. And last segment, we were just kind of diving into uh, what a will doesn't do, and how many of us often think, "Well, you know, I wrote down I want to give everything to my wife or my children. That should do it, right?" Uh, well, uh, exactly, exactly wrong. But the uh, it, it,
1: so just to make sure that people get the point is the fact that you can have a will, but you can also do other things that will take precedence over your will. And the two big items that will take precedence would be property that's on joint with right of survivorship or beneficiary designations. And you have beneficiary designations in lots of different ways. Well, clearly, you know that if you have life insurance, you have to have a beneficiary designation. If you have a retirement account, those go by beneficiary designation. And uh, with if you have an insurance annuity, that also has a beneficiary designation. So you write down who you want it to go to, and that's who it goes to. Um, uh, now, uh, you can also have a beneficiary designation, and this is where, uh, in any beneficiary designation sh- situation, you can have a trusted advisor give, you know, in essence, insist that this is in your best interest when they don't. They're making the wrong assumptions, and they really mess up your plan, or they they actually advise you to do what really messes up your plan and uh, that's uh, why this can be so important but you can also do a beneficiary designation for your bank account that typically is called a pod pay on death that's a beneficiary Uh, the banks love it because it makes it far easier for them to figure out who to give the money to when you die Uh, Now, the same is true for investment advisors. When you set up an investment account, you can do what's called a TOD, transfer on death. And that's, again, a beneficiary designation. And guess what? It makes it much easier for the uh, investment advisor to know where the money goes when you die. They don't have to worry about all the legal implications. They have a contract where they know where the money is going to go. Now, Bottom line is, that can be a good thing, and or it can be a very bad thing. If you have a simple estate, you know, yeah, your will says, I leave everything to my wife or husband, and then equally to our children. In other words, there's no second marriage. There's no children by previous marriage. It's all about... A family—it's the Ozzie and Harriet's, you know. It's uh, the traditional, wonderful family, and you know, people are very lucky to have that kind of situation because it exists less and less today. Uh, but the fact is, is that if you have a simple situation and your children are are adults, mature, wonderful uh, children, and now you have grandchildren. And you're still uh, fairly young. Now, of course, my definition of young is under 75. <laughs> Yours is probably a little different from that. But you're still fairly young, and you're still healthy. Both you and your spouse are doing well, very independent, thriving, enjoying life. Uh, and you have a, sim- a simpler a state plan. You you don't own property in other states. Uh, you're well to do, but you're not wealthy. Yeah, you, you know. Um, uh, so you don't have tax issues, and basically you want everything to go to your spouse and the like. And you're not looking for asset protection for your spouse or your children. A simple plan. Here it is. You deal with it. Okay. So if if, you ha- if you're in that stage of your life, then simple planning actually works. And uh, having uh, beneficiary designations to your spouse and or your children for all of those different accounts we talked about uh, can ext- make, make, make it fairly simple at the first death. Now, the second death... It generally is far more complicated for families, but but the first death is real easy when it's like that. However, people don't think about the fact that they have other options that actually might be more protective for them, might be more protective for their spouse. And let me just share with you how these beneficiary designations can screw everything up, okay? So, and this is something that we often do for our older clients, uh, where we create a trust for our spouse, okay? And we create a trust for our spouse in our last will and testament. And we do that sometimes because we want to give our spouse protection, okay, Uh, And we can do what's called a Supplemental Needs Trust that's asset-protected from Medicaid with no five-year look back. Everything is asset-protected, can be used to supplement the spouse's care if they need Medicaid in a nursing home. And if not, all of the money with no handcuffs on how it's invested, all of the money, all of the income, all of the corpus of the trust through the will— can be used to take care of the you know of the surviving spouse. Now obviously for a will-based plan to work, you've got to die for the trust to actually be created. And and more importantly, all your property has to go into the trust. So what does that mean? It means you can't own your property joint with right of survivorship because if you want it to protect your spouse it has to be in trust and if it's joint with right of survivorship and you die first guess who owns that property your spouse outright so then uh, you don't get all of those protections from the five-year look back and asset protected from creditors and the like and of course now most people start out with a simple will i love the i love you will i leave everything to my spouse and then equally to my children well if those are that will is not changed you're not protecting your spouse and and if you create a will with this wonderful trust in it that protects your spouse and then don't change your beneficiary designations and you don't change how you own your property guess what your will doesn't work. It doesn't protect your spouse. Everything goes to your spouse because you haven't changed your beneficiary designations and you haven't changed your joint with survivorship, ownership of your property. And so all of that is really important in terms of how this works. Um, And like I said, people make the wrong assumptions. And guess what? Let's say that you have been married a long time. You've created a trust for your spouse in your will. And you're teeter-tottering a little bit. And you go into your bank. And I've had this happen to me before. And it makes me so mad. Because, number one, the banker doesn't know that you have a trust in your will. The banker may not know that it's a second or third marriage. The banker is just trying to do what the bank tells them to do, which is to get a beneficiary designation. And so they say, hey, Mr. Smith, you know, it would be so much better for your family if you sign this beneficiary designation because then it won't go through probate. People are so scared of probate when sometimes probate is actually their friend. Or if you do a beneficiary designation on your bank accounts or investment accounts, do it to your trustee, not to your spouse. But your banker doesn't know that unless you understand your plan is for your property to go to your trustee, which is probably going to be one of your children. And I'm not saying direct to your child. I'm saying to your child as trustee. That's a big, much different situation. So. If you're going to use your beneficiary designation, you got to know where it goes and not let the banker control what you're signing because if you do, you're you're creating a mess for your children. This is how trusted advisors and the two notorious ones are your banker and your investment advisor because they typically want you to sign beneficiary designations for them for them and that's their best interest not your family's best interest so this is why you want your estate plan to be coordinated with your banker and with your financial advisor to make sure that it all works together the way you want it to now I haven't even talked about trusts except for testamentary trusts the ones in your will so we're going to talk about those revocable trusts next
0: we will get to that but make sure you avoid that nightmare scenario that bill was discussing make sure you have an elder law attorney or someone who can Take care of your estate plan and have that thirty thousand foot view, and making sure that everything is working correctly. Because, as you just heard, even folks with well intentions, uh, whether it be a banker or investment planner, you know, they're, uh, I would hope they're trying to do what's in your best interest. But if they're not communicating with your elder law attorney or the person managing your estate plan, they can do some actual harm and it's as you've heard it's very easy to undo the best of plans so make sure you've got someone who can have that 30,000 foot view for you if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill if you're interested in getting his guidance go to wga law.com and schedule an appointment to speak with him you can also call the office that phone number is 919 919- Two five six seven thousand nine one nine two five six seven thousand, 7000 919 919-256-7000, or go online to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. That's also where you can register for Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, February 9th. If you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, we're going to get into trust in just a little bit. If you want a free educational webinar dedicated to that subject, go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. Or if you're worried about issues related to long-term care and you want to learn more about financial assistance that may be available to you, Register for the morning session on Wednesday, February 9th. It's free to do so, free to register, free to attend. Go to WGALaw.com and click on that seminars button at the top of the page. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. Listening to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander. WGALAw.com is where you can go to learn more about Bill, whether it's scheduling an appointment to speak with him or learning more about his free webinars related to long-term care assistance and asset protection and trust planning. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page at WGA Law. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we are talking about how you can mess up your estate plan. And, Bill, we sort of teased this at the end of the last segment. We're going to get into the discussion of trusts.
1: Well, there are a lot of folks, uh, well-to-do, middle-class folks, uh, as well as wealthy folks, where a revocable trust is uh, actually a planning tool that they should, in fact, use. Trusts can be extremely helpful to them uh, so that they can have a greater control over their property. And with a revocable trust, that's actually the only way that you can create an effective disability plan. Now, a disability plan is not really for you and your spouse because y'all know how to take care of each other. It's really for you when your children have to step up or one of your children has to step up to basically invest your money and spend your money on you and of course with a trust you actually leave instructions that are is a fiduciary obligation on your child as your trustee to carry out your instructions which is far better than simply empowering them with a power of attorney So it can be extremely helpful. But, okay, how can you mess up a trust? Because a trust allows you to do tax planning, uh, protect asset protection planning for your spouse and your children, and and it also allows you to avoid probate, uh, and it allows uh, your estate to be done much faster, quicker, and less expensive. So a lot of folks do like trusts as plans. But how do you mess them up? I cannot tell you how often people come to see me and they've paid a lawyer a lot of money to create these nice documents called a trust, and they ask me to review them in order to update them. So the first thing I do normally is say, okay, I'm going to look at this trust for you and hopefully make some good suggestions, but what's in this trust? What have you actually transferred into your trust. And that's what we call funding. And what it actually means is, Jason, if you created a trust for yourself, it would be transferring property that you own individually by Jason Kong to Jason Kong trustee of the Kong Trust. Okay. Dated today. All right. So that's what we call transferring property. You transfer it individually to yourself as trustee. Now, oftentimes people come to me and they have not transferred anything into their trust. And one of the reasons that they haven't is because the lawyer who did the trust didn't follow up to make sure that folks understood how to transfer their property into trust. Well, the fact is, with Any planning. Your planning is not done just because you've signed documents. And this is true whether it's a will based plan or a trust based plan. You're not through until you understand how to own your property so that your plan actually works. That is what true planning is all about. It's having the right documents and titling the pro- your property in a way that makes your plan work. Whether you use beneficiary de- designations or not, it's a matter of having it right. And of course, if you have a, a trust, it's a matter of having most property titled to you as trustee in your trust. That's what makes a trust work. Now, Your life insurance might go to your trust through a beneficiary designation. Your retirement accounts, if the trust is set up properly for it, your retirement accounts can go to your trust as well. Uh, Many trusts are not set up for retirement accounts, but the ones I do certainly are. So it's the kind of thing where if your trust is designed properly, then you can use it that way. So there are a lot of variables, but it has everything to do with how you own your property and how you set it up. So it's not just about your documents. It's about how you set your property up to make your, your plan work. Otherwise, if you don't do it
0: completely, you're going to mess it up and you want to avoid that because it's a lot of work to you know start all this and put these plans in motion so make sure everything is working in harmony if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill maybe you have a trust and you want to have it reviewed go to wga law Dot com Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Or if you're new to the concept of trust and you're interested in pursuing one, you can also schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Or you can register for Bill's free webinar that deals with asset protection and trust planning. That's happening on the afternoon of Wednesday, February 9th. Click on the seminars button at the top of WGALaw.com to learn more. Taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget, if you want to learn more about long term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning, Bill has free webinars available for you to attend on Wednesday, February 9th. Go to WGA Law and click on the seminars button. It's free to register, free to attend. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. Or if you've listened to our show today and realized, hey, I really need to speak with someone. I need to uh, start my planning or get my plans reviewed. Go to WGALaw.com and schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or call the office, 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. That'll do it for us for today. We hope you will join us again next weekend. You've been listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.